Welcome back, everybody, to the Label Paranormal Podcast, where we explore the unexplained, the mysterious, the downright spooky. We're your hosts, Tom. And Mark. In each episode, we bring you a new topic of ghosts, aliens, cryptids, or other phenomena that defy conventional logic. This week, we have a special episode for the start of Season 2. We have a guest joining us, Bob Lament, co-host of Static Radio, which, Bob, I believe is the longest weekly audio program on the internet. Is that correct? Well, we say at least for, you know, kind of comedy and stuff. I, there may be more that are longer, but uh, I'll, take, I'll take on anybody who says they've got a longer uh, weekly running comedy show. Okay, well, fair enough. Uh, um, well, listen, Mark and I both work in IT, so I'm pretty sure we can confidently say this program what is the longest current program that was started on Windows 98. Oh, wow, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, cool. th that's something to pat yourself on the back, if nothing else. You know, yeah. we're all looking for validation. We, you know, go ahead and earn, you know, you do take that one. <laughs> Windows 98. Wow. Well, hey, I, yeah, I guess you could, you would take that. I, I'm trying to remember back uh, if it was a pain in the neck or not. I think it was. I mean, in between breaks, you were playing probably Minesweeper, you know, <laughs> Solitaire. <laughs> Those yeah. Those things. So uh, I'm trying to think uh, it was worth welcome. Oh, go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. Welcome to the Label Paranormal Podcast. We're so grateful for you to join us, you know, kick off season two here of spooky things. And our topic today is going to be uh, paranormal in the everyday. Uh, Bob, you've been around this a long time. So have we. We want to basically have a topic today and have the audience, you know, listen to us talk about maybe paranormal that happens all around us, things that we might not, you know, know is paranormal until it happens and and the growth of this realm or this uh group basically from how it was years ago to how it is now but bob before we get into that i wanted to let you introduce yourself and share a little bit about your background static radio and your current role so sure. the floor is yours yeah so uh thanks for having me uh and uh, i'm bob lament one half of static radio so miles title is my uh, co-host and we've been recording since, uh, actually, first show was uh, Thanksgiving night, 1998. Okay. Uh, and we've been recording weekly ever since. We're entering our 25th year, which makes me feel really old because I only started this when I was about three. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, it's been going okay. And it's amazing what's happened over time. And uh, uh, the funny thing is my current role is the same as what it always has been, kind of just to, to show up every week and tell a story and try to make it funny and uh my goal is always to make miles laugh and i think vice versa and then hopefully people who are listening will laugh too so that's awesome yeah absolutely i heard a little bit of it and you do have that dynamic it's funny you took the words right out of my mouth it's fun to listen to both of you talk and and, and you know you set each other up very well to um you know with that every topic that you have so yeah, sometimes too dynamic. well. I I, I I get mad at myself for setting myself up too well for him. So, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, you know, anybody who's following us, listen to us, subscribes to us, please go check them out as well. They they have a wonderful podcast. Just two guys, uh, uh you know, kicking it, and um, sometimes the best magic comes from that, right? So um, <laughs> sometimes. Let me ask you one question before we start. Yeah. So Thanksgiving night in '98. So what made you, you know, put down a turkey and be like, you know what? I got to say some shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, we had planned a little bit ahead of that, and that was just kind of the first uh, era. But we had done college radio together uh, and had graduated, and we were like, um, you know, we really enjoyed doing college radio. And uh, so we're, I'm like, hey, I got an idea. We can continue to do kind of what we did. Um, this was the age of Napster, and so we cut out all the music because we used to play music, and then in between the songs, we would have banter and and talk about things. Um, and so basically, we cut out the music and just had the conversation and uh, and uh, started recording. And this was all, you know, as you if IT people, I could probably talk <laughs> drop real audio. If you remember real audio, we had yep. real audio. That's how things were back then, <laughs> and. Uh, and that was the way um, it all kind of happened. I had access to a real audio server, um, and nice. I said, "Let's let's throw this up." But yeah, at the time, it was like this. That was kind of like a little little diamond right there to yeah. have access to that. But uh, um, yeah, so that's how it all happened. I said we could still do this, and so every week we would would get on the phone, believe it or not, and uh, and record our conversation uh, as a little show. Um, back then and it's just kind of kept going from there so um amazing i figured that we would probably do it for you know maybe i don't know do a couple of shows and then be tired of it <laughs> but yeah, so far it hasn't so yeah no that's a great point because it's funny how stuff takes off like that if you're talking about something you you have a passion about or a hobby that you have a passion about it's amazing how it doesn't feel like you're doing anything you know and here you are 20 some years later I mean, you got more commitment to this than some fathers out there. So, yeah, no, <laughs> you know, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm afraid if I, fit, I quit now, then I would have to pay, uh, you know, child support of some kind. That's true. That's true. Your baby would be all alone out there you right. know, in the vast wilderness of the Internet, which is a ter- terrible place. It is. It's a horrible place. <laughs> <laughs> they might turn to the dark web and then there's no coming back, right? That's right. So, okay, let's, uh, let's get into our topic a little bit, the paranormal of uh, every day. So I'm going to share my screen. I have a couple of interesting um, polls that happened lately that kind of express the point of our topic that I'm going to make here. So let me, uh, let me just go ahead and share real quick. Uh, window. So let's go ahead and share this. All right. Everybody see that right there? Yeah. So this is a YouGov poll that I picked out from an article uh, in People. I'm sorry, not in People, on YouGov's uh, actual website. And this was a poll taken about of a thousand Americans uh, just a little over two years ago in uh, October of 21. And it just wants to show that, you know, Mark and I, a little bit before this, Mark and I, you know, wanted this podcast and we also have a separate meetup group that's more of a safe space for people because we can't talk about paranormal in the everyday you get a you know a stigma about you a shadow (laughs) whatever it might be that people are like oh this guy believes in that and this really proves my point of there is a lot more people that believe in the paranormal than you would think now this is dedicated to americans it's only 1,000 people it's a very small sample size but i believe the numbers are somewhat accurate. And what this has is just about two in five Americans believe demons exist, and a similar percentage say the same thing about ghosts. And then it goes on to other supernatural beings, which was defined in the article as maybe like Bigfoot, you know, uh, skin, you know, actual cryptids like mm-hmm. that. And then you have specific ones like ver- oh, werewolves and vampires. So 
you know, you have your blue over here, your purple, that is how many people do exist. You have the median, which is not sure. And then you have the, you know, 39% in the pink reddish there that say, I don't believe this exists at all. So, <clears throat> you know, if you were to tell me, you know, right now before reading this, hey, Tom, why don't you, uh, what percentage of people think believe in ghosts? I'm probably coming up with a lot less than 41 just based <laughs> on the people that I've talked to. You know what I mean? And, and the reaction that when I try to bring it up in, in, in general public or, or the regular world, we should call it, um, not so many people talk about it. But to hear 41% and extrapolate that over all of, you know, 350 million is a nice number. Um, you know, that's 150 million people, 140 million people that believe in ghosts, paranormal, and things like that. I would have said, without seeing this, I would have said, you're, you're lying, you know? What do you, um, Bob, let me bring it to you first, then we'll get to more. Bob, what do you make of uh, 41%? Do you believe that's too high, too low, or, or just oh, about no. right? I, I think that's probably right in there. I'm surprised uh, werewolves is so low because I had a werewolf uh, wait on me at a restaurant this week. So um, <laughs> the uh, no, what I'm surprised by, actually, from this day, I think the data is probably very spot on as far as that goes. Um what I'm surprised is demons was higher than ghosts, yeah. to be honest yeah, with you. That was what threw me. I mean, even though it's a little bit, um, that seems to be, I was like, really? I mean, it seems like demons is a little bit more specific. Uh, yeah. And, and it's higher. So <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, maybe these people are, uh, you know, thinking about their neighbors or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's exactly right. And also, if you just take a look at the top two, that 2% gain was 2% over not sure, not 2% right, over right. do not yeah. exist. I'm not sure so, there's ghosts, but there's definitely demons. There's definitely demons, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> See, you know, this guy, that guy, or maybe they're taking a more, you know, psychological approach. I think all those people live in the Virginia, D.C. area. Drugs. <laughs> Maybe see, when I look cool. at this data, um, what I what I see immediately is that it definitely lines up with you know religious belief in the United States, especially ghosts. I, in fact, I like you guys. I suspected ghosts would be higher because ghosts are spirits, and a lot of religions believe in spirits. But mm -hmm. man, the belief in in demons is seem, might be on the rise, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think Absolutely. people are uh, uh, experiencing something maybe that uh, pushes them yeah. in that direction. I don't know. Because um, religion is on the wane, right? So um, That's true. I, You're right I believe religious yeah. uh, beliefs are on the wane, and so yeah. uh, you would think that that would bring down the demon number uh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, Yeah, maybe it was like they're... 55 before. Holy moly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, these numbers are incredibly... Um, revealing to me and, and talking about you know the the vast amount of people because if you were to say 41 or 43 percent believe in that i would have called you a liar i said no there's no way i would probably put it at, at half of that if i were to you know um gun to my head to have to make a decision with that um but you know having ghosts and demons be so high if i were to you know put on a philosophical cap here um demons to me signifies a personal experience you know what I mean? That That's more personal than ghosts stories, which, you know, can be residual, can be all kinds of different things. You know, you might see something that you don't know out in a, a field or unexplained knocking voices. There's a lot more to what people could believe in ghosts. Demonic is more to me a personal experience. It's something that 
happened to me that I felt evil, I felt oppressed, I felt an energy taking things away from me, which in this world, you know, again, is fascinating because that would imply a lot more people are feeling a lot more things compared to just a ghost where I saw an apparition. And that's like the Super Bowl of us paranormal investigators is an apparition. You mm -hmm. know, we take anything we can get, disembodied voices, knocks, <laughs> things like that. So what do you make about, you know, that assumption that people believe it in demons means they were more in contact. It's more personal. Hmm. That's See, a good... I always saw, oh, I, I always saw demons as, as, as more of um, an experience with an entity rather than, I mean, I could definitely see along the lines of, um, you know, it being an experience where it, it injures you or takes something away from you, but also a defining feature would be that you're experiencing some sort of entity that may or may not be a spirit. That's my take. Yeah, I, on the demon thing, I don't know. I think that that would be ghost can be kind of a have a positive connotation sometimes. So you can see a ghost. It could be something that's positive towards you, like a ghost of a loved one uh, or something like that, where demons is all negative. Right. I mean, nobody says, right. oh, I had this great interaction with a demon the other day. Um, and so it seems to me that they would that seems more people are are having negative interactions uh than positive interactions because you think of you know ghosts is the, the whole idea of the ghost aspect can be kind of fun um but i don't know anybody that goes yeah i really like the you know hang out with the demons uh, yeah. that much so <laughs> i think there's more negative so maybe there's just a, a, a could be like an overall negative vibe going on because i mean without any kind of uh you don't know exactly what their experiences were right so we're all uh you know kind of guessing at all this that um uh, i would say that the demon thing would mean that they had a fairly negative experience more than likely absolutely so i have one more poll how do we why don't we break down the uh, demographics of people on this all right so let's uh let's look at that real quick um so we got here why don't we take a look at this this is the demographic breakdown of those individuals who believed in ghosts from that same Yuga poll, mm -hmm. um, breaking it down into, I guess, an educational setting of how many were adults, high school graduates, some college, two-year, four-year, and post-grad, mm -hmm. and how many believed in these ghosts, demons, werewolves, vampires, and other supernatural beings. One thing I'd like to put out is that the numbers are relatively consistent for any college you know so some two year and four year mm -hmm. it's right around that 43 43 and a half percent which is higher than the average such as a high school graduate or a, a u.s citizen would incorporate um people who might not have that uh, high school degree mm -hmm. it's definitely higher um post-grad is the lowest which i would say is probably fair but once again demons is higher than ghosts even in there right. <laughs> um, even, even with that category well, so maybe you know, coworkers could be classified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what you know, I'll start with um, uh, Mark. This time, what do you think that college, where you have to have some level of intelligence to get through yeah. at any point, you know what I mean, to pass any course, being collectively the highest, you know, nugget in there? Yeah, I mean, 
the thing about it is, well, I think it's two things. One, I go back to these do seem to line up with the amount of religious people in our country. But also, I think more educated people um, realize that there are more metaphysical aspects of our reality mm. than we account for. And I think there's, you know, there is some sort of uh, awakening that there is, you know, other aspects of our, our reality that science doesn't, that modern science doesn't want to talk about. Um, and I think if you're really smart, you could pick up on that. And I think we could see that here with these numbers. But then why would you say post-grad is lower? Mm. You'd think that would trend the yeah. other way, right? So see, your, your argument goes that way. The, see, the thing about post-grad, once you start spending exorbitant amounts of time in college, I think you start going into your own little academic world and it, you start going into an echo chamber all on its own um, once you start going beyond four, four years. That's just my personal opinion about mm -hmm. certain subjects. Hmm. I would. I, I, I have a different take on that, and it's okay. it's more of a stigma. So the the further you sure. get along yep. into your education, the harder it is for you to be outside the norm. Um, because yes. once you get outside the norm, then that uh, negatively affects your standing. Uh, so let's. I mean, let's just say. Uh, I mean, we, it just says post grad. It doesn't say like a, a doctorate or anything, but. Let's just say you're you're in a position uh, with your master's degree or what have you, and you know you can't you can't flex too far outside the norm, or else then people will take away from that uh, because you've you've attained a level right of a standing, mm -hmm. let's say, and um, by doing so, if you do anything that's too far outside the norm, then you take away from that, and I think a yeah. lot of people in that in that realm get stuck with that. Uh, concern because yeah. you know it's just like uh, i had a conversation about the uh, doctors always are so sure about everything and the reality is that they're not i mean we don't have proof yeah. on all levels but they have to they have to um portray that because they're a person of authority and then, and if you mm -hmm. don't act authoritative then you let you start not being an authority right so yeah uh i think that's probably where that pushes in the post-grad area I find it it's interesting that some college is is higher though than they than you know a little bit higher than just regular everyday folks. See, I, I think um, uh, to your point about um, you know as you go deeper into college, you need to be uh, you need to present yourself as more serious. I think we can see this playing out currently in ufology with professors like Gary Nolan and Avi Loeb trying to put forth um, these ideas into an academic setting and trying to make progress on them. And they're having difficulty getting research money because mm -hmm. people don't want to associate with these topics, even though it could be a new frontier that we need to investigate, you know? Well, and the paranormal is too, to be honest with you. I yeah. agree with you wholeheartedly. I think basically this is where our academics should be looking. You know, we don't yes. need to, well, we agree. don't need, if it's already been discovered and kind of thoroughly gone <laughs> through, agree. move on. You know, we, we don't yeah. need to worry about it. We, yeah, we have these situations now where things are happening and people are affected. And it's like, it would really exactly. be nice if somebody took an interest. And um, unfortunately, you know, you have to use the word, give some legitimacy uh, to these things, but it, really, you know, that's, 
I don't know if that's a true statement, but that's what they would say, right? So if you bring it into an academic world, into a research world, then it, it changes the dynamic of what's happening. And so therefore, I think that's where they should be. I think that we should be, you know, all these people aren't experiencing this for nothing. And, and they yeah. love to, you know, oh, well, um, they're, they have a mental health issue, you know. Right. Everybody, yeah. I mean, even if you <laughs> you count all the people, the percentages aren't there for them all to have some kind of mental uh, breakdown or any kind of mental health problems, you know. Um, you know, some of it can be explainable, but some of it's not. And so, you know, it, it really warrants further study and, and further study um, in, in seriously. You know what I mean? We need to get, uh, you know, one of my complaints, I, I love the paranormal stuff. And I'll tell you one of my biggest complaints. One of okay. my biggest complaints yeah. is, is the use of the word energy. Because oh, yeah. everybody loves to use the word, oh, this energy and that energy. And that, well, what energy is it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Energy takes on a lot of forms, right? Yes. As you guys know, you said you're in IT. So, yeah. you know, we have Wi-Fi is all around us now, right? Yes. And that's a radio waves. That's a form of energy, right? Yep. Um, and so there's multiple different forms. And I wish that, that people would pin it down a little bit because they yeah. use it as a generic. I mean, I think in their minds sometimes, especially, you know, folks uh, in the media are using it in a certain way, but they're not, they're dumbing it down so much that it's like, well, what energy, Yeah, you know, electromagnetic, that's all yes. around us. Mm-hmm. Um, pick, pick a, pick one, you know, give us a, a something hard data, but you know, that they go, they simplify these meters and things that they use for the ghost hunting but they are measuring something right they're measuring yes. electromagnetic activity they're they're measuring um you know uh, radio waves they're measuring something yes and and speak speak in those terms and, and and bring bring the people up don't talk down to the people and i think Very if we point. did that and then we had research on that then you you could find out that you know if, if you were to sit and watch um We'll just use Wi-Fi for an example because I think mm-hmm. it's fascinating that that you know you can use Wi-Fi to see where people are located in your house. Um, wouldn't it be great to see if there's other entities located in your house using the same method? Yep. Yeah. Um, and then you could you literally could watch it happen. You could watch it manifest. You could watch it go away. You could watch it move around, and then you would have measurable data. Um, on these experiences, right? Now, it, it doesn't explain the experience, um, but mm-hmm. now you're starting to measure it. And once you start to measure it, eventually, um, you know, uh, coincidences, uh, you know, things line up and you'll be able to get more information out of that. So you could gather data. Yeah, just gather yeah, data. Uh, yeah. Very true. Bob. Yeah. That's a very good point about that because in, you can't study something until you have a measurable, right? Right, yeah. You can't study something that's not there. So collected data first has to come before anything. And I just don't know scientifically if we're at a stage where we can do that or Oh, I, I think hack. it can happen. It's just nobody's yeah. doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, the thing is, I uh, in our group that we run, um, you know, we do have a lot of um, energy people. And mm-hmm. I think they're on the right track. They're not trying to be, you know, they, yeah. they just don't have a deeper understanding 
of that these these wavelengths are happening all around us these frequencies mm-hmm. they're they are and and we can measure them we just need to you know develop the technology to do it we can quantify this stuff you know it doesn't have to be in the realm of spooky spiritual stuff we can we can eventually try to quantify this you know and make technology out of it yeah and and then the, you're not you know not not speculating so much anymore you can right. you can say and it may end up being you know i was talking to to someone recently and uh we, you mentioned ufo's and everything it may be it's all the same it may exactly. just be that they're just inter- they're energy beings that live in a different realm that uh move oh. around freely and pop Speaking here and pop heart. there and it's all the same stuff it's not your dead relative necessarily it's you know an entity that uh, we just haven't discovered yeah absolutely bob yeah you touched on a few things uh that we discussed here on uh label paranormal last season um such as you know whistleblower testimony um about you know disclosure and mark and i you know put forth the idea in that episode that these universities um can't teach it because of the disclosure right they they can't there is no disclosure so we can't talk about it we can't teach it and i think we're reaching the crisis level at these companies that are you know using this reverse engineered tech or any of these you know alternative principles um in use of vehicles and things like that where their scientists are getting older mm-hmm. and pe- they're not replenishing them with the newest, the best out of, you know, the MITs, the things because they like can't. That. They can't because what are they going to do? They're going to go there. And this was, you know, um, repeated by David Grush um, after the whistleblower testimony. But I can tell you, you know, in, in a real short form of it, he said, you know, going to these graduates, going to these top level people, hey, I can't tell you what we're going to work on until you sign this, but I can promise you we're going to work on some cool shit. And that might have worked. Back in the day with disclosure, you have the premise of the Cold War, 70s, 80s, you know what I mean? But now, you know, as those scientists are getting older and passing on, the level that they're bringing in isn't the top tier level. And they're they're fearing for their bottom line. You know, they need more, you know, resources and not money resources. They need intelligence resources. So we, we put forth that idea in our whistleblower episode that, you know, disclosure might be coming due to not people demanding that they want to know about UFOs, but because companies behind the scenes are saying, hey, make it so we can talk about it, so we can go to these programs. So we can develop it. They they have a brain drain is what you're saying. That's what I think, yeah. That could be, could be. That's a good good, uh, 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 thought there, I wonder. Um, It seems like, yeah, you don't have the... um, the patriotic stance where you can pull people in under the cold war yeah. aspect of things as much anymore um, for these kind of things. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, I'm so, trying to think, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think if uh, I could, uh, if I could, um, sure. I think uh, what's actually going on here, if I could lay it out is I think another country, most likely China has leapfrogged us in technical capability. Um, and these defense contractors are now scrambling to try to develop this technology properly in an open source because it's, it's, it's probably happening in China. Um, and, and now places like Lockheed, Raytheon are that they don't it's the brain drain they don't have because they need to pull in scientists who who can qualify for classification and some of the best scientists 
are not going to go through security clearances. They're just not going to deal with that, you know? So now we have this situation where they're trying to develop it and they can't because eventually it's going to come out of one of these other countries. That's what I think. I got I got an interesting idea on that. If you want to hear it, you You may not want to hear it. I don't know, but we're we're, we're just talking, right? So, yeah, uh, I'm I'm of the come over the last maybe I don't know year or two maybe more but I've come to the conclusion that we're all in this together. Um, all the countries are are colluding, even though on the surface for the media they're saying that they're not, because there's so many instances that they get leaked out. You know, COVID, for instance. And I don't want to get too far into that because I know everybody gets banned if they say the word, but. You know, there was the reason why it was called the Wu, the Wu Hang. What was the Wu? What was it called? The Wu that? flu. The Wu flu was because they <laughs> thought it came from there, and yeah, they were in. They were all together with America on that, right? They were cooperating. We yeah. we have we have never stopped cooperating with the Russians on space stuff, yeah. uh, yep. ever. Even during the Cold War. Even during yeah. the Cold War. And yeah. so all the major players that you see, you hear about it, who are, you know, uh, against each other all the time are all cooperating constantly yeah. in the background on all these things. And so to me, it's like, I, I, you know, just the, my, the logic in my brain says you don't cooperate with the enemy on these things that are, are big things, right? These are big, yeah. important things. Um, if you're really an enemy. You know yeah, what I mean? No, it, this is a frenemy uh, yeah. kind of situation, not an yeah. enemy oh, kind yeah. of situation. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of what I'm implying here, <laughs> because I think there is a higher level club with all these countries all basically working with each other. But the other angle is that there's also factions within these these oh. groups, you know, mm-hmm. and you could call them kind of like frenemies. You know, it's mm-hmm. not, you know, some factions might see a situation as more serious than it is like okay, if China develops spacecraft before us, why does it really matter, you know, Mm. to the general public? It might not actually matter. But to some defense contractors, it really could. So they're going to lobby to try to make this happen, you know? So, like, it's stuff like that, you know what I mean? That's what I'm kind of talking about. So maybe more if we, an analogy would be kind of like lawyers, where they're in the courtroom and they're fighting it out, and then whenever they're out of the courtroom, they're all buddy-buddy. Yeah. Um, And and so, yeah, maybe, maybe. But, yeah, yeah, I think that they're, I think... You know, everybody loves to to. Um, you have to have an enemy in order to get people to kind of go along with things, and so exactly. I think that's that's, that's more along the lines of what's happening than than actually yeah. being enemies. I think. Uh, yes. You know, if, if there's only if there's one enemy, I'd say it's North Korea because nobody seems to want to play with them, <laughs> um, and, and you never hear of any kind of you know side project. Oh yeah, we're helping out North Korea with something. Um, that never happens. And that seems to be one of the few that are, that are really, um, kind of sequestered, uh, let's say out of the club as it were. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I think, uh, I, I talked to a person who believes that all UFOs are government projects. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's their, their stance. And I go, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think that there's a, a good percentage that probably is, yeah. um, but not everything because some of this stuff is just too wild. And I actually could tell you a quick story if you'd like. Go to for it. Yeah. Let's hear it. Uh, back in 2005, uh, I saw 
a UFO in broad daylight fly over my house. And wow. it was, it was okay. a sphere. Okay. <laughs> it was a ball. It was like a metal ball. And it was about the size. I'm just guessing because it was way up in the air. It was flying at altitude like where jets would fly, I'm assuming, just from my wow. limited knowledge of, of okay. uh, I'm not an aviator or anything. And it probably was the, uh, the ball was the size of about four, the front end of a, a 747, about four of those. So four times yeah. larger. And yeah. it was, it was a sphere. I saw the, I saw it come at me. I saw it leave. Wow. And um, it now, flew over. It? Uh, it seemed to be metal. So it was kind of okay. glint, glinting in the sunlight. Glinting. This is about okay. four o'clock in the afternoon. I happened yeah. to be out playing with my children uh, on the swing set, and uh, All right. I look up, and, and it literally, it probably didn't even take more than 20 seconds to go from horizon to horizon, Wow! and oh, wow. it just shot over, and I just happened to catch it because uh, at the time, my son, who was little at the time, um, was interested in airplanes, and, and we were watching for them. And yeah. we had seen, you know, planes go over and then, and then all of a sudden I caught this out of my corner of my eye and I'm like, oh my God, what is that? And then boop, there it goes. Wow. And then I got some supporting information because I, uh, this is early, so 2005, so it wasn't uh, the internet we know today. Yeah. Um, but I did find a, a, a listing on a site at the time was called UFO Maps, uh, dot com, and somebody in a neighbor town uh, saw the same thing. And they wow. posted it. I did not post it at the time. So, uh, so I just kind of happened it. and I was like, wow, this is wild. And it wasn't uh, anything more than that. It was just kind of like if you were spotting birds. Yeah. It was kind of like that, you know. It's, it's, I saw it's, a loon. There you go. It's, it's crazy <laughs> yeah. because the, those, those, oh, I think Mark's fear... breaking up there. Oh, sorry. Am I breaking that? up? <laughs> no, you're, I, I got you. But oh, okay. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, we're good now. Yeah, I can um, hear you. So it's interesting because the, these orbs are some of the most common UFO sightings. I think we uh, we but have more documentation you say, you of these orbs that, than anything else. The interesting oh, thing is, in 2005, I had I had rarely heard of a a round UFO at that mm -hmm. point in time, and I went looking, searching on the internet to find things on round UFOs. Now I'm not talking about small. I'm talking about something that's really large. Okay. And I could hardly find anything back then. Now you're right. It seems more common. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Maybe they got a, you know, from the intergalactic um, car <laughs> dealership, UFO dealership. It's a newer model. The newer know? model. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It was, uh, but I like, what, who would want to have it? I mean, I guess you couldn't land. Well, it's better on gas, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's all about it's all about the fuel consumption. Yeah, here they are, you know, thousands of years ahead of us, and they're still worried about fuel efficiency. <laughs> fuel efficiency, yeah. But, but I think it's it's accurate to say that there's been different ages of UFOs, like different styles of UFOs over time. Like in the seventies and eighties and nineties, it was these triangle UFOs. Yes. Back yeah. in before that, it was flying saucers, and now today, it's it's these kind of orb ufos that's mm -hmm. wild yeah the the triangles um there are obviously there are military things that are triangle shaped uh, like yeah. The, yeah. the stealth and the b2, b2. Yeah. yeah um and the tr3b is what TR3B. everybody talks about and then the yeah. aurora project if you've heard about that one is that different from the tr3b i thought it was the same thing um 
It could be. It could be. It, but it could yeah. be a variant. It's hard. It's hard to tell from what I've read, at least, um, because um, uh, the roar was more about, I think, what it did uh, as opposed yeah. to what shape it was. Right. But um, yeah. It, but, but I've not seen anything on the round ones or the saucer ones so much. <laughs> you know, as far yeah. as related to any kind of military things, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. If, you know, so, one of yeah. these, um, one of the, uh, and again, on, a, on another uh, episode that we did, we, we talked about um, the extraterrestrial versus interdimensional little mm -hmm. argument that's coming up on whether people think it is a, you know, distant planet or people think these are just, they're here, they're just on a different dimensional plane. Um, I, for one, believe it is an interdimensional plane and they, have mastered not interstellar travel, but cross-dimensional travel and coming from different planes over here. That's something I, I subscribe to. Um, and what we see is we see a thinning of the veil or a complete transference into our um, reality. Uh, so with that said, you know, it would be um, consistent if it were interdimensional that you would have different shapes because on different dimensional planes you have different you know ways means of travel all powered by something that we don't understand mm -hmm. and you know bob you talked about somebody who also believed interdimensionally you know that they you know that this is what they believed in yeah i i, I don't see why there couldn't be both to be honest with you it it, it, yeah. it amazes me that um it's interesting, and I always have to be skeptical, right? So mm -hmm. the yeah. the interdimensional aspect is kind of coming to the spotlight with Lou Elizondo, right? So oh, yeah. there was yeah. always talk about it, obviously, if you were into the subject and so forth. But as far as a mainstream kind of uh, uh, the mainstream air, you know, coverage of this thing, Lou Elizondo kind of brought that forward, and then he was a government person, right? And yeah. um, and so then. Every time a government person says something about it, I always have to be skeptical because the government people for all these years have been suppressing. And then all of a sudden now, you know, I mean, yeah. they always make it. It's never the government as a whole. It's always, you know, kind of Grush and, and Elizondo yeah. and all these kind of people mm -hmm. kind of break away. And they are these rebels that do things. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> I it's mean, like a I, movie. Yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you know, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it could be, but I always I always take it with a little bit of a grain of salt just because of their affiliation because, I mean, you and I both know that they're getting a pension from the government. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know how it goes. I mean, you just take it to office. Take that and bring it down to office politics and where you're getting paid from is where you're going to kind of toe the line. Even if you bend a, a little bit, you're always going to snap back to wherever that, you know, money's coming from. So uh, I always take those with a grain of salt. I think that, um, you know, the people outside of that are a little bit more. The problem is that they don't have, you know, everybody thinks the government brings credibility, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, but, you know, I don't think that that's always the case. And uh, some of these other people who are operating outside of that um, are probably more in line with that. Now, to your question about the, the interdimensional, I, I think it happens. I think the inter intergalactic and interdimensional happen. And I think 
Um, it's probably been happening for quite a long time, and we're just now uh, coming to the point where you know we're more interested in it. Possibly, I mean, you know, there's sightings and things going way, way back to you know early record and printing and so forth. So it, it yeah. can't be denied. It's just we weren't uh, quite as large a populace at that point. So maybe they're just not seeing everything. And then I always say for people, they're like, you know, uh, I mean, maybe they don't even care about us. We are insignificant in their research. Maybe they're just looking at ants. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, everybody, uh, as, a, as a human being, we always tend to think we're the center of the universe. Um, but the reality is that we're not, you know, and, and yeah. maybe the, all this, the reason they're here has absolutely nothing to do with us. And the only reason we catch them is because every once in a while we're in the, in the, you know, area that they're curious about. Maybe they want to talk to the whales. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go to Star Trek. Yeah. Maybe they want to talk <laughs> exactly. to the whales. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I always, I always think that there's, you know, if you, if you were to think about uh, population density, there's more insects on this planet than there are people. Yeah. And so maybe it's an insect thing. Maybe they want to yeah. talk to the insects. I mean, <laughs> hey, there's mantids. Yeah, they've been <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you have these insectoid uh, reports yeah. and so forth. Maybe they're, it's, uh, um, you know, they're just curious about what's going on with them. Maybe they're like trying to develop them as a species or something. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, they're trying to help anything they can to get us off of it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, we're the we're the vermin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We are no, but um, yeah, some of those wild stories out of South America about the insectoid, uh, and you know, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I heard, I heard one about a mantis thing that it, it, that kind of appeared through a person's wall. They they were just <laughs> yeah. in their room, and it just kind of kind of if you talk about uh, uh, interdimensional, it just kind of appeared like sticking out of the wall, and something happened oh, to them. But yeah, I mean, it's just bizarre. That's heart attack fuel right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, could you imagine that? Oh, God. <laughs> that would freak you out, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's a nope. That's a no for me, dog. So, yeah, I'm not. Well, I mean, they certainly seem to display interdimensional properties if they could face through walls and things like that. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. See, my personal opinion is that the technology that they're using is clearly inter interdimensional in some way. So you could attribute that to them being completely interdimensional. But I, what I think is that these things are able to be extraterrestrial, but they're actually from here, like from a long, long time ago. Like they okay. survived the cataclysms. Mm -hmm. Maybe potentially they live underground. Maybe that's what the Native Americans are referred right, to yeah. when they talk about the ant people. Ant people, yeah. Um, and you know the ant people repeatedly helped, allegedly helped humanity survive cataclysms by going underground. Um, it's it's hard to say, but I think these things are basically everything: interdimensional, extraterrestrial, and also from here. Mm -hmm. No, I, I, I think that's very plausible. Um, we, we had to have had help in some way. The, the yeah, older I to get, survive. the more research. Yeah, I, I, it's whatever way. I don't know, but I do believe something has helped us along our path. Because I don't know if we would have made it here if we were on our to this point. Yeah, you know what I mean. If we were on our own. Now you can talk about hybridization. You can talk about you know intervention. People talk about divine intervention. Maybe we're just thinking about it in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. You know how um, how we can be helped 
from a society greater than ours, and then you can define greater however you want. But it just seems to me that, you know, the older I get and looking around and seeing how, you know, offspring of offspring of offspring and, and like how, you know, when, when, you know, when did we peak and then how did we start going downhill in terms of, you know, and technology is on the rise. So that means human intelligence is almost going down or intelligence <laughs> is going up, depending on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. The uh, interesting thing about all this uh, to me is if you look at nature, right, let's just uh, yeah. pick a monkey, right? So there's so yeah. many different types of monkeys, True. right? I mean, the little ones, there's big ones, there's they prehensile tail, they got no tail. You know, they're, they're, sim- they're similar yet different, but across a very wide spectrum. Now, with people, right, you, you have a, a spectrum, but it's not as wide of a spectrum because it's basically based on color, uh, eye color, skin color, hair color, mm-hmm. right? And it's not like there's people with tails and people without tails and, and things like that. And so I always wondered, you know, are we just that new to the ecosystem that we haven't developed that yet? Uh, if you go with the... Um, you know, Darwinian uh, theories. Um, why aren't there, you know, little tiny people who are a, a whole group, of, a class of people, which there apparently was at some point. Um, the Denisovans. Uh, um, mm-hmm. But, you know, why haven't the, we, why don't they still around? And why don't we have such a, a spectrum as we do with, with just monkeys? I mean, to me, that, that's always puzzled me is that we're so different in the in the na- in the world of nature than a lot of other things are you know what i mean have you ever, have you ever heard of the orang pendek oh yeah orang pendek yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah the, the, there's stories like this and yeah, there's I more think... bigfoot types than there are people and types aren't there yeah isn't that weird yeah uh, there's there's different variations of bigfoot like in different regions of the united states <laughs> exactly. and you know I think that, uh, well, I think this form that we're in as humans basically was the dominant form to be able to conquer the planet. But I think, you know, different hominids evolved in different ways, like Bigfoot, like Sasquatch. I think um, Sasquatch evolved in a completely different direction, like a hominid that took on qualities of kind of like having like Kind of like a grizzly bear being able to survive in the woods, you mm-hmm. know, and, and just evade everything, you know. The hilarious thing you say dominate the world, but you just take a handful of people and throw them out somewhere, they all die. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They, they and we really survive. haven't Yeah, and, and we really haven't conquered this world. We like to think that I said right. that. We like yeah. to think that we've conquered this world. But really, if you look at a map, it's just people in small pockets. Right. And it's mostly wilderness. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. It's mostly wilderness. Yeah. And and I think that's another thing that people don't get is it's yes. that you know, they think, oh, there's people everywhere. Not really. No, I mean, not really. You know, yeah. There's a lot of space in there. There's a tons of wilderness tons out there. Like the Canadian Yukon, like, yeah. I mean, that's prime Sasquatch territory. There's nobody going out there. Nobody. No human is going out there. Right. You know? it, but yeah, I, it, I just, I wonder whether, because they found, you know, uh, uh, remains and so forth of, of you know, hobbit-sized people and, yes. and so forth. Yes. And, and giants as well. Um, but for some that's reason, they don't... Um, they didn't make it. And I'm like, well, why didn't they make it? I mean, other, uh, you know, variants of animals and so forth do fine, you know, 
uh, how come we didn't? How come we're we're kind of the the tree is trimmed down so far? Um, I don't know. Weird. For, for my theory with giants, I, I I like the idea of giants. I don't know how real it is. It seems like there is some evidence to point towards them being real. Um, but I think the reason why they would go away is the same reason that the dinosaurs and megafauna went away. It's just um, too too big, to, uh, too much resources necessary to support a large population, and smaller humans work together more easily with tools and technology. Oh, giants can live on the garbage we throw out every day. Come it, on. <laughs> Well, <laughs> if they we let them, the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> Today they'd be thriving. That's right. Yeah, yeah they'd, they'd be the the giant homeless going through dumpsters. You know, <laughs> North Jersey giant contractors. You have your project done like that. <laughs> you need a new roof. All right, bet. Yeah, exactly. They <laughs> just plop it on. Just, yeah, here you go. One hole. <laughs> Tighten it here, four corners, and you're done. Project done in 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, but then again, I don't know who would insure them. Yeah, <laughs> there was enough. They'd insure them. Trust me, the insurance company has no problem in quantity. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so, all right. Uh, thank you, Bob. Thank you so much for hopping on with us. I really appreciate everything you brought to the table, helping us explore the topic of paranormal in the everyday um so i'm gonna give it to you go ahead and share where the listeners can find you social media website and promote whatever you would like go ahead oh gosh yeah uh, i'm i'm very bad at promotion but i'll give it a whirl <laughs> here so uh you can find us uh, at staticradio.com and pretty much on any social at static radio there may be some small variants in there because of timing and so forth but if you look for static radio you'll probably find us we're on all your aggregators everywhere and all that good kind of stuff um and if you want to you know take a break for about a half hour once a week you can listen to us and uh, maybe uh we'll cheer you up a little bit and say my life's not so bad listen to that (laughs) it's a great concept honestly so you hear that everyone go give us subscribe a like a listen to static radio wherever you'd like and also Give us a like, subscribe, comment, five stars, all that good stuff. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you again, Bob. And, you know, until next time, um, keep an eye out for anything that could be paranormal. And be sure to, if you have an experience, be sure to message us. Email us at labeledparanormal at gmail.com with your incredible story, and we will get back to you. So thank you again, everyone. It was a great, uh, another great episode. And until next time, be scary. (laughs) See you guys. See ya. See ya.